Hi, everybody. Welcome again to another edition of the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. This is John Veldheis, senior writer for BadgerBlitz.com. Joined once again by John McNamara, the publisher of BadgerBlitz.com. We're going to kind of dive right into it here uh, like we do um, on every show. We're going to talk a little bit about the uh, UW men's basketball team. Uh, they're in a, in a little bit of a slump right now. Uh, I, I got to say, John, um, I, uh, I did not see this coming. I thought that, uh, you know, I knew that they had a little bit of a, an, inter- an interesting uh stretch coming up here since we last talked, but uh, I did not see them losing um, four out of five and uh, three out of four uh, Big Ten games in a row. With the, Their last win was uh, at Penn State uh, when they went there and kind of easily took care of the Nittany, uh, the Nittany Lions, but some offensive problems really have kind of sprung up uh, both against their the, the game against Minnesota at home and then their most recent loss uh, to, to Maryland, at least in the first half, um, from uh, from Monday, so I don't know. I, I, what what do you, what do you think about the uh, the Badger basketball team right now uh, as they kind of work their way through this kind of midseason swoon? Yeah, you know, the last time we talked, uh, I think I said I thought Wisconsin would finish in the top four of the conference, and I felt pretty good about that. I didn't think that was like a homer pick or anything like that. I legitimately yeah, I thought, thought I thought that, that was completely reasonable. Yeah, so I, I mean, I thought that's kind of the the way this team was was trending, and you know they they had you know good wins at the start of the year. You know with, with Xavier, that was a good win, and, and Stanford and in Oklahoma, and they played Virginia pretty tough. And I thought NC State was a great win at home and on the road against against Iowa. And then you know like you talked about, and uh, this has been a real rough stretch for them. I think they've scored fifteen or fewer points in in two halves. Uh, in two consecutive weeks, and you know those those stretches against what was it Minnesota and uh, against Maryland, you know, those are <laughs> that's tough basketball to watch. I I um, bleedingly bad. They were just terrible. Yeah, so I, it's just it's puzzling, and um, I guess as as I was watching, I guess it was probably towards the end of the the Maryland game, and obviously they they came back in this game, or maybe it was when I was watching. Uh, you know, guard talk in the post game of either Minnesota. I think Minnesota was when he was pretty fired up. Um, yeah. You know, during that press conference, and you know, it reminded me of Bo Ryan, where he, you know, I think it, even when I was back as a student, you know, he was asked about, you know, that the team was struggling. I think shooting. He was saying, you know, what would you like me to do? Scream at these guys to to have them shoot better? And you know, Bo Ryan, he's very animated. He kind of went into this whole thing, and he made the whole room laugh. But uh, you know, I, I know you wrote about this, John, but I don't. I don't know how you make a team, you know, come out of the gates quicker or clean things up in the first half. You know, I'm, I'm sure that that this is stress during practice. I'm sure that things are being done. I, but I don't think you can scream guys into playing a better first half of basketball. I, I just, I don't think that's how it works. And, and again, with that said, I don't know what the fix is. Yeah, and that, I think that's the the frustrating part. Like if. It, it would be one thing if you watch, you know, a uh, a team play poorly for for both halves, um, and then you know you lose by you know uh, ten to fifteen, something like that, uh, when it's all said and done. But the at least the the frustrating part is that you know you watch the the you watch the games and just take the Maryland game for example. I mean that was you know they I, they only um, outscored their first half total against Minnesota by one point. I think it was fifteen points in the first half against Maryland and then fourteen against Minnesota. Um, and it's just but then you you turn the page you get to the second half and you know, they were they they played excellent uh, in the the second half against Maryland. I mean I I think the at least the 
the shooting from three point range was a little bit over there was a little bit over the the general watermark of what you'd expect. Uh, you're not going to you know hit as many of those um, in the second half or in a game. You know uh, if you play that out through the full 40 minutes or whatever. So you know they it was kind of making up for the first half. But you know you see the pieces get put together in a way that you know, um, makes uh, the other team kind of go back on their heels. And, you know, the, the Badgers charged all the way back. And, uh, you know, they led that game with two minutes left uh, after another three-pointer. Um, and, you know, obviously the other team gets to say, too, uh, Maryland's a really talented team, and they you know, ended up uh, pulling it out uh, in, in overtime with some great shots of their own. But, you know, the I think it makes it more confusing to see them struggle so much in one half and then – you know, see that they have enough talent to pull themselves to the point where they can almost come all the way back, but then you know, just find out that you know the 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 hole that they dug themselves uh, was was just too much for them to overcome. Yeah, you know, you'd almost just rather put two clunkers together, you know, back to back halves and and get blown out. Yeah, it. I mean, I think it does show you know a lot of positives to be you know to go into halftime and, and play so poorly and come out there. Um, you know, with a lot of purpose and, you know, make those games competitive uh, like they were. And, um, but, you know, it's, it's tough, you know, you go back and, you know, what could you do? You know, could you, could you juggle the starting lineup a bit where, you know, maybe bring a guy like Khalil Iverson off the bench to, to add some energy. You know, if you, if you did something like that, you know, Iverson could go in then, you know, as a six man and come in, you know, for anyone on the court at the time, you know, they could plug guys around to, to make that work. Um, so, I, you know, I don't think that's something that they'll do is shuffle the starting lineup up. But, um, again, I don't, I don't know how you create that urgency or, or that, you know, to, to come out of the gates with, with a little bit more consistency. You know, the, the, you limit the turnovers and, you know, you limit the empty possessions. And, uh, you know, th- this team is still not shooting great from outside, especially when Trice is off. So um, there, there's, there's a lot to clean up, but at the same time, you know, you look at those games and, you know, they could have won on the road against Maryland. They, they, they could have won at home against Minnesota. And, you know, they have, they have put together a pretty good resume to start the season. So, you know, all is not lost. But at the same time, you know, if this continues for another week or two, then you're kind of fighting for your life in terms of, you know, getting to the NCAA tournament, which is absolutely the expectation this season. Yeah, I think uh, I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, like the the wins that they put together in the first season are really you know kind of uh, you know, saving their butts right now. Because if they hadn't, you know, if they lost some of those other games, or you know, the if their schedule had played out differently to where they just didn't you know have to play so many uh, teams from Power Five conferences or things like that. I mean, like I think it would be it would be much easier to look at this team right now and be a little you know um, skeptical about about their chances. I mean, I still think. Yeah, I th- I think that they have what it takes to figure it out, um, but yeah, it's uh, it's uh, I'm not sure, you know, where where they go from here. You, you talked about um, you know the maybe a hesitance to to switch up the lineup. I think part of that is because you know the the guy right now that you know isn't bringing a whole lot to the offensive end is is Iverson, like you mentioned, but he's one of your best defensive players, and so you want him out there as much as you can uh, because you you don't want to take too much away from your defensive effort just to you'll get a little jump start um, in, in the first half. I think uh, that's a, a little part of the problem. And I think, you know, just getting a little more help off of the bench in general would be, you know, um, would go a long way. Uh, it, you know, if you could get, you know, some consistent offensive performances from, you know, Kobe King or from uh, Brevin Pretzel. I mean, like they, they've had their moments here and there. And I think, you know, one one positive that you could look at for this team right now is that, you um, 
you know, Brad Davison seems to be uh, feeling a little bit more comfortable. He's scoring, you know, in the, in the double digits a little bit more consistently than he did in, in the early season as he kind of adjusted to playing uh, that, that two guard spot instead of point guard. And, you know, Nate Reavers, I think, has had a good, you know, a uh, handful of games here and there uh, as he kind of figures out you know, how to play uh, with his, uh, his new weight, his extra size that he put on in the, in the off season. And so, the, I mean, like the, the pieces are there to where you could you could conceivably you know see how they put it together and you know maybe rack up a, a you know another couple of uh, good wins here in the regular season to you know get them into the tournament without having to sweat very much. But you know the, the problem I, I think part of the problem is that there's just not much of a an obvious fix other than you know they just need to figure out a play or figure out a way to to bring what they showed in the second half and see what they can do to you know, do that in the first half. And part of the problem is that, you know, it's, it's sports. It's like any other game. I mean, the, the opponent gets to, you know, they get a say in, um, you know, how you do in that first half, they get to play defense too. And, you know, it, that's why I, I don't know how much you should expect um, out of the team uh, this weekend when they take on Michigan, because Michigan's a, Michigan's a damn good team. Right. That's what I was going to segue into is, you know, is Michigan, coming to town on Saturday, like the, the best thing for the Badgers or is it the worst thing for the Badgers? And then I would say, you know, it's, especially with this group, I mean, the, it, it, I don't know that you would say like, this is a, a veteran team, but at the same time, you know, this is a team with Ethan Happ and all American. I mean, this is a team that, that, that can win at home and this is the team with some talent there. So I think, you know, in this stretch, I mean, what better way to, to break out of that than to, than to do it against Michigan. But, you know, that being said, um, you know, I, I'm just kind of going back to some tweets from, from Maryland. I think it's from, you know, Jim Polzine who covers the team for the state journal and um, you know, Maryland and Minnesota rank somewhere in the fifties in terms of, you know, defense per possession or something like that. And I think Michigan is in the top five. So uh, I mean, th- there's a reason that, that the number two team in the, in the country right now. And uh, that that's going to be a huge test for Wisconsin, but you know, if you can get two halves of basketball from them, you feel like this is going to be a close game. Yeah, and I, I, I agree. I mean, like it's uh, it really just depends on what um, you know what team shows up, so to speak. I mean, like when I think part of the problem is that um, the the offensive strategy uh, a little bit. If I had to go with kind of like what my gut tells me, I think part of it is that. The, the offensive strategy that got the Badgers those, you know, a couple of uh, impressive wins um, in, in their early season uh, hasn't worked quite as well recently. And in, in, in what I'm referring to is that uh, with when Trice was able to you know, hit on so many three-pointers, it seemed like that really kind of opened things up for not only for Ethan Happ, but for, you know, the rest of the guys when they were out there. And, you know, I think the, the Marquette game uh, was kind of a turning point in that, you know, not, not that teams aren't going to defend Happ or going to stop him or, you know, try and stop him from scoring or anything. But I think teams kind of know now that Ethan Happ is good enough to, you know, go out there and get, you know, 15, 18, 20 points on basically any night that he's out there on the court. And so the the more important thing it, it seems like is to kind of shut down the perimeter options that you know, not only make it easier for him, but make it easier for um, you know other teams to or make it easier for other guys that are on the court to to do some offensive damage too. And so I think if you'll know if you watch the games, you'll notice that Demetri Trice just doesn't get quite as many looks from that right side um, of the uh, the three point line, which is where he was shooting the best. Um, and so you know it's it, 
to me, it almost it makes me wonder what can the Badgers do to kind of get him going a little bit more. Just because, not that you know, you expect him to shoot, you know, fifty percent from uh, three point range or fifty five percent, kind of like what he was doing through those first handful of games in the season. But you need him to be kind of that that dependable outside threat. And I think teams have done a pretty good job of making sure that other guys have to. Um, you know, attempt uh, those three pointers. I mean, Brad Davison, I think, is a pretty decent three point shooter. Um, you know, Nate Reavers is a, is a better three point shooter than I think fans uh, will give him credit for because you know he'll he'll have a game where he can you know take a couple shots and he'll you know I think uh, you know make one or two of them. But I think he's a better you know for a, especially for a big guy, he's pretty good from the outside. But uh, when it comes down to it, I think those are shots that you probably would rather have Trice take, uh, given you know what we've seen that he can do in the early season. And so I don't know. It, it, maybe the Badgers just need to find a way to get him going a little bit earlier in games, and maybe that will solve some things. But at, at the moment, it's kind of hard to see how they can do that. Yeah, and you know you you got to get something from the bench too. Uh, you know, Charlie Thomas, you know, he is what he is. You know, if he can come in there and defend and rebound for you, that's that's really all you're hoping for. But, you know, they, they got to get points from King and Pritzel. And, you know, I, I feel like Pritzel's been on the roster for a while. You know, Redshirt Jr., and you hear how well he shoots and in practice. It, we just haven't seen it yet at his career. And, you know, he, it would be such a, uh, you know, such a weapon for Wisconsin to have, you know, someone come off the bench who can shoot. And, you know, I, I, I believe that he can, you know, we just haven't seen it yeah. in, in games and, you know, he's, I think he's a liability on defense. So, uh, you know, just, just another thing that, that, that would help Wisconsin out is to get just a little bit from the bench because, you know, it, it hasn't been there and it you know certainly hasn't been there in this, this kind of two week stretch here right now. Yeah, and so I think uh, one thing that might have kind of been overlooked in the in the early going was uh, I you, know, you kind of wonder um, you know, what uh, what Trevor Anderson would have been able to give the team if he had been um, you know healthy. I mean, obviously, he uh, had the knee injury uh, early on in the season that uh, not so not only did he not get to play last year with the transfer, but with the knee injury, he's out for uh, the rest of this year. And so I think I, I it's just one one more option that they could have had to roll out there when they needed um, a spark to put out there. And I think that's uh, that's kind of um, uh, part of the problem is that there's just not a lot of guys that are given sparks right now. Right. I, I would agree. He was energy off the bench, and you know he's another guy that can handle the ball, and he can shoot a little bit from the outside. So it's kind of a woulda, coulda, shoulda with him right now. Yeah. Well, why don't we uh, transition a little bit? Uh, there's not a ton of news with the uh, the UW football team right now. Obviously, they're in the uh, in the the middle of their offseason, Other than obviously uh, their early enrollees, including one uh, one one quarterback uh, who uh, whose name escapes me at the moment, uh, but he's he's on campus now. So uh, we'll yeah. see sooner, sooner rather than later in in spring camp. Uh, I, I I don't know about you, but I, I'm definitely looking forward to uh, writing up some uh, some practice reports from uh, from those when we actually get a look at him. Yeah, no doubt about it. Graham Mertz, and again, like, hey, coming off, uh, you know, the the All American Bowl performances, MVP there, five touchdown passes. I, I am encouraging all fans to be super excited about Graham Mertz, but at the same time, like, you know, it's it's awfully tough for a quarterback to come in and and compete for a starting job in the Big Ten. Uh, but if someone was going to do it in the last twenty years at Wisconsin, it, it could very well be Graham Mertz. Um, I, I think that competition will be open and, you know, it'll be interesting to see who's in the mix there. Alex Hornerbrook, you know, what's his status, uh, at the same time, I want to see a guy like Chase Wolf. I want to see Danny Vandenboom. So I, I just, I think it's going to be an exciting, 
you know, spring that goes into the summer, right into the fall. And I, I think the competition will be open. And I think that's what will be best for that position moving forward. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess the other the other football thing we wanted to touch on is that uh, I, I guess I just want to get your take on um, whether you think that the uh, the the full UW coaching staff will will still be intact when we get to to spring camp or uh, you know move through the offseason. Only the reason I we kind of bring that up is just because it sounds like uh, Joe Rudolph will not only was a was a candidate for the then open job at uh, at Temple that ultimately went to uh, Northern Illinois' Rod Carey, uh, but it sounds like he uh, is at least in the mix or a potential candidate at that NIU job um, to uh, to be the head coach um i guess i'm curious what you think uh, is uh, there's a little bit of a wisconsin connection there in that um the uh, northern illinois athletic director is uh, sean frazier who used to be a uh, associate athletic director um at, uh, at uw so it's a little bit of a connection there also sounds like um old uh, uw running backs coach um Oh gosh, was it uh, Thomas is that, Hammock? Yeah, is uh, is another guy that uh, his name has been thrown into the mix there. So I don't know. Do you think uh, Joe Rudolph will still be on staff uh, when the Badgers open up uh, open up spring camp? Uh, good question. Uh, because you know, I I think with you know what we saw at Temple and you know what we saw at Northern Illinois, and obviously you know Wisconsin hasn't confirmed this stuff, but that doesn't mean it hasn't happening. And you know, I'm f- fully certain that he's obviously was in contention for that Temple job, and he's. He's in contention for that Northern Illinois job. So I think if it tells us anything, it's that, you know, Joe Rudolph is actively looking for a head coaching job. And, um, you know, that doesn't indicate that, you know, there's a rift between him and, and Paul Christ. It's it's probably the opposite because I would imagine that he's going into those jobs with, you know, you know, those job interviews with full support from Paul Christ. And, uh, you know, this this is just, you know, the way that, that the coaching world works. And, you know, he's, he's worked up the ladder. You know, he was a GA at Ohio State and then, he uh, he was at Wisconsin. I'm sorry, he was at Nebraska for a year. Then was the Titans coach at Wisconsin. He followed Chris to Pittsburgh, and you know now he's here again as the as the offensive coordinator at at Wisconsin. I think that's the next step for him. And I I think that um, you know being a head coach is obviously something that he's interested in. The Temple job made a lot of sense because of you know he's got real good recruiting ties uh, in the state of Ohio and in kind of that uh, Western Pennsylvania area. You know, at the same time, you know, Northern Illinois would be a good fit for him because he's got a lot of good connections from the state of Wisconsin. Uh, I would imagine that he would recruit that state pretty heavily and, um, you know, would be able to recruit Illinois as well. So, you know, I would imagine at some point, you know, if it's not this offseason, you know, it could be next offseason uh, that that he gets a head coaching job somewhere. Again, I think, you know, the, the, the Ohio Mac schools would make a lot of sense, you know, if something in Pennsylvania opened up. But, you know, any job in the Midwest, I think Joe Rudolph would be a pretty good candidate for. I would imagine Paul Chris would push for him at wherever place that he was passionate about, you know, joining there. And, you know, Barry Alvarez would, would work in his favor as well. So I think, you know, at some point he'll be a head coach there. Um, you know, again, I, he was a great recruiter at Wisconsin. And I, I don't want to talk like about him like he's gone. So, you know, he is a great recruiter at Wisconsin. So I think that, you know, that's something that if he were to leave at some point, you know, that's a void that you would have to fill. But again, this is this is how college football coaching works. And, you know, you want guys to to continue to to grow in, in the profession. And, you know, I'm sure he has the full support of Paul Christ as he's kind of going through this journey right now. Yeah, I mean, like he's been the uh, the associate uh head coach for UW and uh, he was the, uh, you know, basically the Paul Chris uh, 
you know, kind of right-hand man, uh, not only here at UW, but when they were at Pitt, he took over. He was the interim head coach uh, at Pitt after uh, Chris left to come back to Madison before he had uh, finalized the staff. So kind of the definitely the the logical kind of next step in his career if he uh, wanted to kind of move up there and uh, see what he could do with uh, with his own head coaching job. So we'll see uh, if that if that's this uh, if that's this year or next year or, or whenever. But just something to keep an eye on uh, as uh, we kind of move through the rest of this offseason. And I think we'll uh, wrap up a little bit. Uh, John, you wanted to uh, t- touch a little bit on some upcoming uh, football uh, recruiting uh, that'll be coming up for the impending junior days this month. Yeah, so Wisconsin's going to have uh, two pretty big junior days on consecutive uh, weekends, the 19th and the 26th. Um, it sounds like the 19th might be more in-state oriented. I was told there'll be a few guys from from Illinois and, and a few other states there. And then uh, the 26 might include a few more national prospects. Um, you know, we've had some stories up on some of the kids trying to, you know, previews those, those visits. Uh, a few, you know, interesting kids. Tyler Picnic is, is, is a linebacker from New Jersey uh, who uh, has been in touch with uh, Coach Mickey Turner and uh, Turner visited the high school during the last eval period. And he was back out there, I want to say, Tuesday, either Monday or Tuesday of this week. So, you know, that, that's something they're certainly interested in. Uh, Kane Barong, he's a, a 2021 tight end uh, from Georgia. Uh, he's really high in Wisconsin. I've been talking to him for a couple months, and uh, he's been waiting for his chance to get up to Wisconsin. He'll be in it on the 26th. And uh, LSU just came in with his first offer. So, you know, he's he's a big-time prospect. Uh, some in-state kids would be there. You know, I would expect a lot of the commits that they have from that 2020 class from inside the state will be there. You know, Trey Wedding, uh, Jack Nelson. Uh, ben Barton, uh, Sean Timmis, a, a lineman, lineman from Marquette, will be there. Uh, Richard Lampkin, a pretty intriguing running back from Brookfield Central, uh, plans on being there. So you know, it's it it'll be you know a pretty active weekend for Wisconsin on the recruiting front for for the 19th and the 26th. And then you know the the question pops up, you know, will they will they get a commitment? Um, you know, we'll see. I, you know, I'd be surprised if any of the out of state kids uh, popped for for a commitment while on campus. Um, you know, if, if you were to offer an in-state kid, which I'm not sure that they will, I, you know, I, I would, I guess I'd be surprised if they did. Uh, but you know, that, that could certainly lead to a commitment, but, uh, you know, the list is growing kind of by the hour, uh, in the Badgers den right now, I'm adding names, you know, as, as I get them, but the 19th and the 26th will be pretty big opportunities for the Wisconsin, uh, coaching staff. All right. Well, uh, obviously, stay tuned to BadgerBlitz.com. We'll have uh, plenty of stuff up, not only on the junior days, but on the uh, the basketball team as they prepare to uh, take on Michigan and then uh, kind of move into the rest of their Big Ten schedule. So thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you next time on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast.